Hey everyone, welcome to Health Addicts. Before we get started though, remember, this show is for entertainment purposes only, meaning I'm not your doctor. So if you have questions about the information and content on this show, ask your doctor, okay? Otherwise, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Wait, how many carbs am I really supposed to be eating? How much sleep do I actually need? Am I supposed to be even taking vitamins? Guess I better listen to The The Health Health Addict Show. Morning, everybody. Tommy J here once again. I'm your host for the Health Addict Show. How's everyone doing today? It's going to be a good day, guys. I'm in a good mood, all right? We're going to be talking about some pretty cool stuff today, and I think a lot of you can kind of relate to it because there's so many people that suffer from them. We are going to talk about migraines. And when I talk about a lot of people, I'm talking about 38 million Americans suffer from migraines. And it's almost up to 50 million probably just because some of them are unreported. Some people don't understand that they have migraines because it's not like it just happens all the time. You can either get them once a year, twice a year, or some people even get them once or twice a month. And then you even have the chronic people, the 4% that get them and that last for 15 days. It's a terrible thing to have. It's very debilitating. But something to understand right away is though, a migraine isn't like a regular headache. Because, you know, headaches are generally safe. 95% of headaches that you get, they pass. There's no real problems. You just have a little bit of uncomfortableness and dull pain that's happening. A migraine is so much different than the regular headaches that most of us get. So let's kind of just break it down a little bit. What is a migraine? Migraines are kind of known as a neurovascular headache. It's not just a regular headache. So you're having intense, throbbing, pulsating pain in the head and it's like an electrical storm you have a a ton of electrical activity having in the brain causing this immense sensations and pain in the head understand this too this isn't something that just quickly happens you're not having a quick onset of pain just because you're having a migraine this is something kind of builds up a lot of people even have warning signs that happen before a migraine and remember this too there's some things we can see and some things we can't see so migraine research is still a little bit flexible on what actually is happening in the brain just because you can't really physiologically see what's happening inside the brain as it's happening but there are some things that we do know just based on symptoms and what people have complained about and things we do know about the brain that are linked to those associations now first thing we do know is it is linked to the trigeminal nerve so we actually have 12 cranial nerves some people say 13 but we have 12 cranial nerves that are linked to specific things that function inside our face our neck and throughout our body that help perform processes now the trigeminal nerve though which is the largest nerve of the cranial nerves in our face is responsible for motor sensation and also biting and chewing so it's kind of easy to understand why this is relatable to migraines because it is there to sense pain Now, due to this electrical imbalance, that storm that's firing, and all these nerves are telling each other to fire back and forth, and it's causing all this erratic behavior inside, you also have vessels that are linked with these nerves inside your head. It's inside that arachnoid layer of your brain, because you have three layers to your brain, and that provides the vasculature and vessels in there. So when these nerves start firing, they also tell these vessels to start firing as well. And what I mean by firing, I mean that these vessels will expand and constrict to allow blood flow to push more or less, depending on if they're open or dilated or constricted or closed. Now, when these nerves get irritated, they start releasing peptides, and this causes that vasculature dilation. And this dilation causes increased pressure and tension in the brain, and this is where we start having that migraine pain. 
and then our trigeminal nerve recognizes this and it starts firing and gives us pain. We also have a sensory cortex on our actual cerebral cortex that also can measure pain. So not just because of the trigeminal nerve, but we also have other areas in our brain that can actually see the pain physically distributing, tell us that we're having this pain. So it's a very terrible cycle to have that. This is why migraines are so terrible. But I hope this helps you a little bit because this is why migraines are so terrible and have so many side effects and why so many people can almost have pre-symptoms and even have post-symptoms after a migraine attack. So let's kind of talk about those stages. So you have the prodrome, you have the aura, you have the actual migraine attack, and then you have the postdrome. So that prodrome era is pretty much that subtle kind of way of saying, here's some warnings, you're gonna start feeling something. And you'll start, you might have some constipation, a stiff neck, you might have some dietary changing and some cravings that you normally don't always have. Um, you might start feeling a little bit different as far as mood swings. You might either be depressed or you might have that good euphoric feeling, almost like a runner's high. So there's some actually some pre-symptoms that you might feel before a migraine even happens, and that's the prodrome stage. So the next stage is that aura stage, and that aura stage is kind of in between. It's kind of before, and you can have actually have this during the migraine attack itself, but you start having visual and hearing disturbances. You might see blind spots, you might see flashes, you might hear some ringing in the ear like tinnitus, or you might just start hearing music that you aren't actually hearing. So there's actually some visual and auditory hallucination effects with a migraine. Some people might talk about how they have difficult forming sentences and speaking. Just that whole word to sentence relationship is just offsetted by it. Some people might have that pins and needle effect on their skin, um, on the arms and legs, and even have twitching. The muscles will start even twitching because there's an electrical imbalance in the brain and there's also this misfiring that's happening and it could systemically feel it throughout the body. Now the migraine part's the actual part of the migraine. This attack part is what causes people to be disabled and unable to perform daily tasks that they normally could do because they're having such hard, throbbing, pulsating pain on one side or both sides of the head. They're gonna start having severe sensitivity to light and sound and smell, and it's gonna cause them to have nausea and vomiting as well with it. People have also had problem with vertigo as in a dizziness when they start standing up and trying to walk. So it's a very debilitating part when somebody's having these migraine attacks and they just don't go away. Some of them can last up to 72 hours. And when I say that people get them multiple times a month, there are some people that get migraines multiple times a month. So if you have attacks that last 72 hours and you get three of them, you're having a major problem with your daily life. After you get your head kicked in for a couple days, then you have the post-drome stage. So this is the stage after the migraine attack itself. And here, people just kind of talk about how they feel fatigued, overworked, wasted away, just because it's so taxing on the body to have a migraine, it's like getting sick almost in a way. So we kind of talked about migraines, and you know the symptoms of it now, but how is it different than a headache? And the first thing right off about a migraine versus any other headaches is, like I said, it takes days almost to build up for a migraine. You almost feel it coming on where a headache is very quick onset. Usually you wake up with it right away or you build it out during the day and then it kicks in really quickly. So a migraine is definitely different than just your regular ordinary headache. And I mean, there's many different types of headaches. I mean, you have cluster headaches that kind of wax and wane, the pain that comes on. It's real quick. You feel it on either one side or both sides of your head, just like a migraine, but it comes on real quick and fast and usually can be treated pretty quickly. 
Your regular headaches are from whether it's stress, neck stiffness, uh, dehydration. There's Those are pretty quick onset and be treated. You have your sinus headaches from whether you have a stuffed up nose or other pain and an infection in your nose. Um, Kyrie formations, those are a type of malformation in the bone itself or like a saddle formation that causes pressure in the brain. But there's a big one that I do want to talk about, and that's the thunderclap headache. Now, your thunderclap headache is very different than all your other headaches because it's super quick onset. I mean, within 60 seconds, you're having severe pain and it disables you. This is not a migraine, okay? This is a very dangerous situation. And it sounds like a thunderclap. That's why we call it because you have quick onset of pain and it resonates. And this is a very clinical symptom of a subarachnoid hemorrhage. And this is that bleeding in that arachnoid layer of the brain. So there's actual blood being pooled there and causes immense amount of pain. It also could be a sign that you're having an aneurysm or a stroke. And if you listen to our stroke episode, you know that there is an incredible amount of pain that can be associated with a stroke. So if you have this thunderclap headache, quick onset, quick and large amount of pain, you need to call 911 because it could be a chance that you're having a bleed inside your head. So enough of that though, back to the migraines. So how is a doctor gonna really diagnose that you're having migraines? And the basic of it is they're just gonna rule out everything else. They're gonna make sure you don't have a tumor. They're gonna make sure you're not having a stroke or an aneurysm. And they're just gonna make sure you don't have any malformations in your brain. And after that, it's just simple blood tests. And once they rule out all the other stuff, they can kind of pinpoint that this is a migraine. Because if it's anything else, then obviously that's going to be treated differently than a migraine is. And usually a way to rule out the other stuff like the tumor, the aneurysm, the stroke, it usually just involves a head CT or a CAT scan or a computer tomography or an MRI, which is that magnetic resonant imaging test. So the best question is, though, what actually triggers the migraine for most people? And the first one is hormones. Now, women, unfortunately, are twice as likely to suffer from migraines than men. And this has to do with estrogen, how it's cycled between menstrual cycles, pregnancy, menopause. So unfortunately, when you are twice as likely to get migraines just because of that factor. Another thing is certain dietary choices. Alcohol, definitely over excessive amounts of coffee. Um, certain foods like aged um, cheeses can do it. Spicy foods, um, foods with high amounts of monosodium glutamate, that MSG and aspartame. These foods can cause huge triggers to your nervous system, and that also can stimulate a migraine. There could also be physical problems, like you're not sleeping well, high amounts of stress can lead to it, intense amount of physical activity when your body's really not used to it yet, that can also be a big trigger. Some medications can be aggravators, um, oral contraceptives, just because they mess with your estrogen levels, especially for women. Um, nitroglycerin, any of those other drugs that have vasodilation effects can have effect on your migraine. But, I mean, even the weather can have an effect on migraine, the barometric pressures that change. So there's a lot of things that can aggravate a migraine. So the best question to ask, though, is now how do you treat a migraine? And it's a pretty big deal because it depends. I mean, it depends on your age. It depends on the symptoms that you're having. depends on the severity of the migraine. It depends on how often you get a migraine. But these are big questions the doctor is going to ask you because it's going to change how he treats you as a patient for how, what kind of medications you get, how often you take it. So he's gonna ask you a lot of questions for how to treat this migraine. Because understand this too, this isn't just an adult disease. Children are affected by migraines as well. Even one in 10 children will have a migraine as an adolescent. 
Now, migraine treatment isn't an exact science. There's a scientific approach to it, but they really just try multiple types of medications to see what helps alleviate your migraine the most. And the first one is ergotamines, and they pretty much just treat the overall constriction and vascular dilation that happens in the brain, alleviating the migraine. What they also can order for you is triptans, anticonvulsants, and antidepressants. And as weird as that sounds, what it's doing is it's increasing the amount of serotonin in your brain, and serotonin is an anti-inflammatory. So this can just decrease the amount of inflammation and possibly treat the migraine that you're having. Now there's other drugs they do try. They try beta blockers, they might try calcium channel blockers, um, they might try opioids if you're still not able to treat the pain, they might give you anti-nausea medication. But now there's a new medication on the market. This drug is called calcitonin gene-related peptide, or CGRP. Now we kind of talked about in the beginning how peptides are related in the migraine process and the inflammatory process. So this medication is used to prevent migraines. Instead of treating it when it does happen, let's just treat it before it even does happen. Now another treatment that your doctor might prescribe, especially if you have chronic migraines that 15 days out of the month you're having migraine symptoms, is Botox. And yes, you heard me correctly, they want to inject the bacteria that causes botulism in your face. Which actually does help a little bit because it does interfere with the way that your nerves work so it can lessen the storm that's happening. So that actually has been shown as a clinical treatment and most insurances have been covering these Botox injections for chronic migraines. Me personally though, I'd probably go for the medications first before trying Botox. But if you have no other options, Botox might be a good option for you. Now there is other surgical options people have been trying to treat their migraines, especially chronic ones. I mean, if you have chronic headaches, you're willing to try anything. They're actually pretty complicated surgeries. Um, I kind of don't want to dive into it because it's hard to explain without visuals, but pretty much involves stimulating the nerves and figuring out which nerve is actually causing the migraine and inhibiting that nerve to do it. So there can be some side effects with that. But sometimes if you have chronic conditions, there you have to outweigh the risks and benefits to certain procedures. So it might be an option, it might not be an option. And insurances aren't very forthcoming about paying for the surgeries that come with this, but there is other options. But the biggest thing is if you're having these kind of issues, it's easiest just to see a headache specialist and they are headache specialists. They're there to understand and help you treat your headaches, cluster headaches, migraines. So. See somebody that understands the situations and can better give you an understanding of what's going on. So besides medication, what can you do to help inhibit migraines? And the first two are very simple, and that's drink plenty of water and make sure you're getting enough sleep. Sleep is so detrimental to your health if you're not getting enough of it. And you definitely need plenty of water, so get plenty of water throughout the day. Another thing is just to make sure that you understand that stressful situations can really activate migraines. So having stress relieving and reducing activities can really help you. Another thing is just making sure you stay active and exercise regularly. Because if your body's in tip-top shape, your mind and everything else is going to be in tip-top shape as well. There are over-the-counter medications you can take. Um, Excedrin's a very good one. Some people take other NSAIDs, uh, non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, or Tylenol, acetaminophen. Um, they don't always work very well, but if you're opposed to actually going on a prescription drug, these are options as well. Making sure the room is dark and quiet when you are having one and putting a cold washcloth on your head or neck can also help. 
But a big one is too, is keep a diary and a log of what's going on. How often are you getting them? How long do they last? What are your symptoms? Because if you keep a diary and actually have documentation of your headaches and how often and what's going on, you're really going to expedite how fast and better care you can get for these migraines. All right, I'm done. I'm not going to give you guys any more of a headache today, okay? So thanks for listening and thanks for tuning in. If you have questions or concerns, hit me up on social media. Or if you have other content you want to talk about, let me know, okay? But everyone, stay addicted to your health and have an awesome day.